Speak the charm of make charm of make charm of make charm of make There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy Podcast. The world is weirder than we know. Join your host, Reverend Eric, and his diverse array of amazing guests in an exploration of tarot, magic, the occult, and the history of Western esotericism. The Arnamancy Podcast exists thanks to the support of generous listeners like you. Please consider supporting this podcast for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. You're never going to believe it, folks, but this is the Arnamancy Podcast. This is part two of our uh, look ahead into 2024, part two of our, our 2024 forecast. I am here with the conglomerate of uh, prognosticators. Wait, no, no, no. The confraternity of her prognosticators. Um, my, my dear friends, T. Susan Chang and Andrew B. Watt. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself briefly before we get into the second half of the year? Sure. My name is Andrew B. Watt, and I'm an artist and astrologer working in Western Massachusetts. You can find me on the web at andrewbwatt.com. I publish a column of astrology advice and horoscopes that comes out roughly every 10 days as the sun enters a new decan, which are the three 10-degree-wide subdivisions of each zodiac sign. I've been doing that for four years, and I'll be starting year five in late June or early July, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, And Susie, would you please give us a brief uh, introduction for yourself? Yes, indeed. I am T. Susan Chang. I read tarot for people. I write books about tarot for people, and I teach tarot to people. (laughs) Those are the main things that I do. Um, I also make a variety of products, um, esoteric products, uh, relating to tarot and to, um, well, tarot cards. I make cases for cards and custom-made astrological perfumes as well. The easiest way to find me is at tsusanchang.com, but there will be an assortment of other tsusanchang-related links on uh, Eric's website. Yes, yes. In the show notes, you can definitely find as many links as as I can fit in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so... Uh, this is, like I said earlier, this is the second half of our uh, 2024 look ahead. If you want to hear the first half, uh, there will be a link to that in the show notes, or it'll just be the episode right before this in the podcast feed, because we are going to start with July. Uh, July of 2024, which we've already discovered is going to be a peaceful, idyllic year with absolutely no volcanoes or political unrest and zero wars. (laughs) So, so Susie, why don't you start us off with a really exciting and very peaceful, gentle card? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, wow. It's uh, it's the Six of Swords again, which we just literally got. Yeah. We just had that for June. Okay. We literally got that um, in June. So, you know, I mean, the clearly the message is, you know, 
we are continuing the themes of last year, last month, excuse me, which we, if you recall from yesterday, I guess, uh, had to do with <laughs> immigrants, refugees, uh, policy decisions mm -hmm. re regarding those, perhaps waterways, airy disasters, uh, circulatory systems. It's, it's really hard to know how which things yeah, will I mean, carry the over from June but uh. so what there must be some significance in having that card two months in a row i'm not and i'm not sure if we get to figure out what that significance is until the months happen but there yeah. it could be that uh whatever is is signified by the six of swords is happening at the very end of june right or it's something that doesn't get solved it could be something that doesn't get solved. I mean, for yeah. for us here in the States, it's hard to imagine it doesn't have something to do with the nominating conventions, you know, um, yeah. which take yeah. place at that time of year. Uh, you know, Aquarius 2 is, mm, yeah, no, I don't know if it's significant in the Sibley chart of the U.S. I know Aquarius 3 is because I have the exact same moon as the United States, which is at 27 Aquarius, which is 27 degrees of Aquarius. Um, so everything that's bad for this country is bad for me too. <laughs> it's, it's personal is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I suspect that we're going to see both a continuation of themes from last month and perhaps, perhaps other six of swords, um, you know, problem solving things. Uh, themes mm -hmm. as well. I mean, the Six of Swords so often, you know, especially in this country, tends to have the motto, we can solve everything with technology, you know? So, yeah. so I, I suspect that maybe another aspect of the Six of Swords that we didn't really talk about, uh, in the last episode, uh, would, would be technological breakthroughs and solutions. Probably having mm -hmm. to do with AI, you know, because right, right. Okay. that is mm -hmm. the conversation. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew, give us the sky. I think it's interesting that we're talking about refugees and immigration as an issue because we've got a pileup of the moon, Mars, and Uranus all in Taurus. And it's in the ninth house of long distance travel. So people coming from far away and the moon and Mars are both in the middle Deccan, which is called the Lingam Yoni. And so one of the things that I expect is probably going to arise in, in public conversation is the problem in the United States that's called anchor babies. For those who are outside the country, this means... Um, people who come to the United States specifically in order to give birth, in order to create new American citizens. There's a case currently winding its way through a mix of courts and administrative agencies and immigration, where there's a guy who sent in his passport to be renewed and was told, oh, by the way, we happen to have discovered that your parents at the moment of your birth were working as temporary employees of the Iranian embassy. And as, as a result, you are not a U.S. citizen because people who work for embassies are not under the jurisdiction 
of the United States. They're specifically exempted in law, and your U.S. citizenship is hereby revoked. No way. So this this guy has been an outspoken critic of the current Iranian government. His dad is dead, so there's no, oh, no. there's no way to find out what was is going on. His mom has dementia. His brother was born at a different time in his uh in his parents' employment cycle. They were working at a delicatessen or a convenience store at the time. And as a result, his brother is very definitively a U.S. citizen, but his status, uh, and he's a, he's a doctor in Virginia, and you know he's lived and in the now, United States for 61 years of a 61-year life. But wow, suddenly— wow. And now he's going to be a, a man without a country, huh? And now he's, he's a man without to... a country. And if he goes back man. to Iran, his, his life is in danger. So— right. Should he apply for asylum in the United States? Should he, like, what is his country? Where? So hmm. that's going on now. But in July, it looks like this issue of anchor babies or who is a U.S. citizen, birthright citizenship versus immigrant citizenship looks like it's a question that's on the table in an immediate way. And in this environment, in the Ninth House, it also suggests that it has something to do with college and people who come here to be students. So I can well, see that being an issue. Again, this really feels to me like it's going to end up being an issue uh, because of the election. It just mm. feels like, yeah, like I just know that the the birthright, the, the the anchor babies and birthright citizenship and stuff, was something that um, the Trump administration was making a lot of noise about, uh, kind of near the end of its reign, and wasn't able to make a whole lot of changes about. Thankfully, I don't. I I, I mean, it's probably not a good idea for us to argue about about politics a lot, but like. I think citizenship is one of the most ridiculous things in the world. Like, can't we all just, can't we all just be citizens of everywhere? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's sort of that, in, that is an interesting idea. And it's kind yeah. of implied by the UN Charter on Human Rights that mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. you have right to travel anywhere. And if you're not happy with the government where you are, you have the right to, to move somewhere else. And in theory, you, know, you should be able to be a citizen where you move. In and, practice, and in fact, do people if, buy into that? I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, think of think of what think of how amazing it would be if uh, governments had to convince people to move where they are because they're all like, no, 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 look at the cool stuff you get by being a citizen of our country, by living in our borders. You get like free chocolate bars every week. You get free health care. Uh, yeah, what, like we have to somebody combine like, yeah, <laughs> and like, paying, like you, you know, no taxes and they give you a, uh, and they give you and money. And you get paid. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, in terms of the chart for there's there's one piece of this chart, which I think is relevant, and that is that cancer is the 11th house. And in a mundane astrology chart, the 11th house has to do with state governments and it has to do with what the national legislature is doing. And we've got the sun, Venus, the lot of fortune and Mercury all in uh in cancer and so it looks like mm-hmm. a whole lot of focus from the presidency from 
not the diplomatic corps, but a whole lot of lobbying organizations and a whole lot of pressure from women on Congress and on state legislatures, pushing back against some of the legislation that we discussed earlier in the last episode about state and and national legislatures trying to do stuff to sort of set limitations on the rights of women. And this looks like a whole lot of pushback against that, finally gaining some momentum and having some some opposition to those ideas and some focus on fixing whatever legislature legislation mm. is coming out of state and and national lawmaking mm. bodies inshallah right. i hope you're right okay i'm bellinus august august see and let's let's hope it's not the six of swords again <laughs> i don't know what we'll do <laughs> i i don't know i'm i'm really uh i'm really looking forward to uh discussions about the last couple months of the year because i want to yeah. know yeah. i want to know who's going to be president i want to know too yeah <laughs> yeah all right so uh august 2024 two of swords oh geez so, it's just swords all the it, way down yeah yeah i mean it is um it does seem to be sword season in um <laughs> in the in the in Ooh. the gnosticators corner here prognosticators and uh postgnosticators <laughs> the prognosticators so, pantry <laughs> yes yes well two of swords <laughs> is another one of those cards that's related to justice and the queen of swords so, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the themes that we've been talking about already still apply here. This themes of justice, absolutely. Themes of equilibrium, themes of women and their rights. You know, all of these things um, seem important. I also imagine that uh, legal issues will come up. Now, th- that's a funny thing to say because, you know, August is not the most legal of months. Generally, the Supreme Court is out of session, you know, um, at least in mm-hmm. this country. But uh, but I would still keep an, e- an eye out for that legal doctrine becoming prominent in the news again. Let's see, what else could this be? I mean, I think <laughs> there's also, interestingly, because this is... August and it's right before school, um, you know, and the card basically looks towards the beginning of school, right? You know, so that would be that, uh, you know, or I guess that would be that uh, Libra one decan. So, uh, so I would imagine that there's going to be some conversation about um, the way we run schools in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be, you know, I mean, we sometimes we see a lot of political um, voicing and activism coming out of school boards. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. Something like that might be in the air uh, in August. It's also worth mentioning that the nodal axis at that point of by August of 2024 will be running between the first decan of Aries and the first decan of Libra. So the head is in the second house in in the chart for August. Mm-hmm. And the tail, where the shit comes out, is in the second decan of Libra, <laughs> which is that Two of Swords card. Uh, first, so, well, Two of Swords is first decan of Libra, but I take so, your point. Sorry, first, first decan of, of Libra is, <laughs> is, that, is the card that we're talking about. And it's, it's the blindfold and the sword, but it's where the shit comes out. And it's in local government and local bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So it's 
Mm-hmm. It's school boards, it's it's library committees, like that kind of thing is the is where the rubber meets the road on this. And book banning. I, so I wonder too. if there's going to yeah. be book banning stuff. There, there's going to be oh, book banning stuff. Oh, could very stuff. well be with this this card for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the the other thing is that that's the point in the year where you're you begin running into challenges around what the budget was for the town and what the realistic expectations on the ground are. And you mm-hmm. you may see disconnects between the budget that you set at the beginning of the fiscal year in June or July in most town governments and what actually needs to happen once school opens and once summer vacation is actually over. And the North Node in this particular case, the hunger, is in the second house of finances, personal finances. So... In a mundane chart, this is banks, this is financial institutions. This is the kind of thing that could suggest that there's a little bit of a money crunch, mm. right? Because there's there's a financial crisis or a financial issue that's affecting banks and other kinds of lending institutions. And the place where the crap falls is in handling local bureaucracy, is in handling keeping the schools open and keeping the buses running. One of the ways that that might show up is you estimate X number of dollars for gas for the bus services, and now gas prices are substantially higher. How are, mm-hmm. how are you going to run the bus service? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a possibility is that we see higher gas prices in, in August and September, and the budget allocations are not appropriate for what's going on. Hmm. Higher gas prices. That is a impressively specific <laughs> prognostication. I That definitely deserves to be in the spreadsheet. Yeah, I'm putting it in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my suspicion is that higher gas prices, that's the kind of thing that, that ten, tends to get avoided in election years because it ends up being blamed on the incumbent. Right. But if... But if the oil companies have have very specific goals about who they'd like to see in office, they're not above oh. manufacturing a crisis, and they have the capital to be able to do that. I mean, the oil companies have a tendency to be sloshing around in uh, <laughs> in cash reserves, specifically in case they want to open up a new oil field or, mm-hmm. you know— not to put too fine a point on it, overthrow a government. <laughs> this is what I like to call an extremely sensible conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Hardly a, hardly a theory, hardly conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else for uh, August, Andrew? No, I don't think so. I mean, some of the big things that we've got going on is that Saturn and Neptune are retrograde in Pisces. And that suggests that the body politic is coming to, one, an understanding that there are, in fact, limitations and obligations and boundaries that they themselves should not cross. So people Mm -hmm. are making their minds up about who they're going to vote for in two months. Neptune, on the other hand, is this planet of irrational dreaming. And it's still in that decan as it has been for the last several years in Pisces that is associated with enthusiasm divorced from fact. And I think that that suggests that there's at least some portion of the populace that is unprepared to face reality. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens 
once Saturn and Neptune are actually in conjunction with one another, whether some of that exuberance finally gets deflated. All right. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting to see. Let's move on to the lovely month October, of... right? Well, let's do September first. Oh, did we not do September yet? I thought no. we were in September. Oh, that's right. We haven't done September yet. Okay. Yeah, All there's right. a there's a lunar eclipse this month. I'm looking oh, forward to yes, hearing about I that. See that. Mm-hmm. Justice. <laughs> a lot of repetition. Oh, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm feeling really worried about this year now. Well, it just, you know, I mean, it just keeps coming. I, uh, you know, okay, so let's, what have we not said about justice yet? You know, I mean, justice, of course, you know, uh, we've we talked haven't... about establishment of equilibrium. We've talked about, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, we've talked about, uh, the sword and scales of justice, the ongoing um, conflicts in across the globe. One thing that mm, we haven't really talked about is protests. Um, you know, I think that mm-hmm. protests is a is a very possible uh, protest um, for whatever reasons. Um, what we find is that you know when things sort of rise to a fever pitch you know, in mm-hmm. the sensibility of the nation. That's when protests erupt. And I have a feeling that in these last couple months before the election, people are going, tempers are going to be, uh, you know, um, flaring. Um, plus, we have a lot of legal news we're waiting for, you know, all through the year do. in terms of the leading yeah. Republican candidate. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's no surprise that these justice cards just keep coming up again and again. I mean, the themes are you good know, point. remarkably consistent. And we mm-hmm. haven't really talked about that problem of the Republican candidate, the leading presumptive nominee, not only Possibly, is not participating yeah. in the debates, but hasn't shown himself in court all that often. Yeah. But next year, more of that should happen. He should be in court quite a bit. He he should be in court quite a bit unless he's excused under various circumstances. But every single time there's, there's news that comes out of the courtroom, there's a, an elaborate effort to spin the news. And as the verdicts get closer and closer, it becomes more and more obvious what the result of the case is. We said at the beginning of our series that if the result is truly just, nobody is really entirely happy with the result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and there's a there's a strong suggestion that nobody is really going to be happy with this result, <laughs> in, in yeah. including yeah. including the presumptive. Republican nominee. Um, well, yeah, and I mean, I think that's is, entirely likely. It's yeah. It's, oh, I'm sorry, Susie. No, I'm just making the point that you know justice will be in the news, whether or not justice is achieved or not, is not what the card raises. It raises the topic of justice that it's on everybody's mind, and you know that whatever happens, one side's going to say that it was fair, and the other's going to say it wasn't right. You know, right? And, yeah, and, and yet that, that's. And yet it is the case that in the most recent defense appropriations bill, there was a line item in that that has gone over to the Senate and been approved by them and then gone to the president's desk. 
I think Biden signed it, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he he would have, I I think, that says that the president may not withdraw from NATO without the permission of the Senate. That seems very wow. reasonable to me. Yeah, it it seems yeah. very reasonable, right? But one of Trump's stated goals was maybe that the United States should not be in NATO. Right. And they've just that. formally taken that power out of the president's hands. Like it no longer belongs to the president uh, to do that without the permission of a majority of the Senate. And there's all sorts mm-hmm. of procedural tricks that even the minority party can do to keep that item off the Senate's agenda for months and months and months, if they so choose. So yeah. it's it's interesting that the that Congress, despite being ha- you know, despite half of Congress being in Republican hands, is still doing things that are designed to mm-hmm. limit limit. The pres- Limit yeah. the activities of the next president in the event that it is who yeah. the Republicans claim that they want. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you something. <laughs> uh, all right, give us the September sky, Andrew. Ooh, I like that name, September sky. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk about that that NATO thing is that the eclipse for September 18th is actually taking place uh more or less directly over the mouth of uh, the Amazon basin, right? So it's happening more or less at the mouth of the Amazon River over the South Atlantic. And that means that all of the countries that are currently in NATO, with the exception of some parts of the Western United States and Canada, will see the whole eclipse. Uh, It will be visible over the entirety of the North Atlantic. So there is kind of this suggestion of something that may involve the Atlantic or Mm -hmm. may involve Mm -hmm. Brazil as one of its significant effects for this particular cycle. But all all of the NATO states and their capitals will see this eclipse. So going back to something that we said in the retrospective episode uh, about King Charles being crowned the day after the the May uh, 2023 eclipse, there's also this suggestion of a, a change of circumstances uh, in all of the NATO capitals. Every time I've heard one of you guys say Prince Charles, I have wanted to make some joke about a, a Puritan uprising or you know, Cromwell or something like that. Like there has never been a good King Charles. (laughs) There's, there's not, except maybe Kyle de Grosse. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) There's not too much going on in the chart for September of 2024, which is at one 36 PM on September 2nd, sorry, one 36 AM. Like there's no, there's no standout transit. We're coming up on a new moon, which is going to be a, a lunar eclipse. But uh, I, I don't see any specific transit that I think is, is worth paying a great deal of attention to, although we will be just past a, uh, a Jupiter-Mars conjunction, which usually signifies some level mm. of military activity. So late August, I can see some military activity going on, but 
but it's been kind of a year for military activity overall, and I don't expect that that's going to change. I think it's fair to say that that the conflicts that are currently going on in the world are likely to continue well into 2024. I don't see any particular peace process at work that we can point to this and say, oh, yes, there's going to be a diplomatic meeting in Milan or Madrid that's going to solve the world's problems. I don't see that happening. I kind of feel like the Two of Swords leading into justice uh, combined with what you were just saying about, you know, no like really dramatic placements in September's chart, uh, kind of they 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 do seem to go well together in my head. They seem to yeah. sort of indicate that there might be uh, again like some long running issues that are at the top of everybody's mind that just aren't getting resolved well. Yeah, yeah, seems fair, or at least and it also remain in I mean, the news yeah. chronically. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, this is an election year and it really could be that there are one or two things that kind of take over the news cycle for a long time during the election or the election might feel like it's just taking forever or maybe everybody's just going to get super, super tired of watching two incredibly old men <laughs> mumble at each other on TV. I, I don't know exactly what what that'll mean uh but it's gonna be i think an interesting last half of the year maybe slow maybe a slow last half of the year you know that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world (laughs) it it also might be worth noting that the moon and the sun are both in the third house in the chart for september Mm -hmm. and the third house is local matters it's private religion it's uh the kind of writing that you do daily, it is, uh, it's your neighbors, it's your local community, it's your local bioregion. Uh, for Susie and me, it's it's the valley and the hill towns of the Pioneer Valley, but not Springfield, which is, you know, an hour south of us. It's a, so it's a very so local it idea. There might be a lot of uh, necessity to focus on very local stuff during that period of time. Yeah, and I think that that's a good way of of spending and directing your energy is use September to research who's on your local ballot, research the local ballot questions, oh. re- research the local political candidates, and get a real feel for everything that's down ballot from the presidential and uh, congressional and senatorial candidates and reach down into the lower parts of the ballot and figure out how you vote for the things that you actually care about. I think that's probably, that's actually probably really good advice because I think that there's a lot of frustration about the fact that it's going to end up being, uh, you know, Biden v. Trump. And I think people are kind of not super excited about either option most, you know, and so it might be that your local election is going to have more impact than anything else. Yeah, it's it's worth saying we've had a couple of places in the chart over the course of the year where local bureaucracy and local issues have have taken a hit because the mm-hmm. south node has been there or there's been a nasty aspect there and mm-hmm. I I happen to be on the town library board in my community and uh when I ran, I ran for two different seats. I ran unopposed for the library committee, and I ran unoppo- and I ran in a in an opposed election for a seat on the town school committee. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: in the town school committee election, 
I was the first contested election in town in more than a decade. (laughs) (laughs) So, So if you see crazy stuff happening on your local school board or your or your local town committees of various kinds, and you think that that's a bad idea over the course of the first part of 2024, you have to figure out how to get on the ballot if if only to provide a contest. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to win in order to create a more moderate or more balanced approach. Like True, true. Justice is looking at you, kid. Okay, okay. Right. It's time now for October. October. Let us see what October has to offer. Ace of Wands. That's oh, pretty good. magical. That's interesting. We're, we're seeing some motion. Yeah, no, no swords this time. We have gotten the Ace of Wands before. I'm sure of it. It was. Oh, we've gotten it twice before. We got it in January of 2021, and we got it in May of 2022. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> Things that happened uh, in hold those on. months. <laughs> January 2021. You may not That was a bad month. January 6th. That was January 6th, 6th wasn't it? Yeah, January yeah. 6th of 2021. Um, so there was that. There was the GameStop balloon. Remember that? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there yeah. were, you know, a bunch was of- Was that in January 21? January 2021. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there was vaccination rollout, you know, uh, which was the very Uh first vaccination. uh So that was kind of a good thing that came out of it. Uh, Twitter bans, you know, following the storming of the Capitol. Uh, And then in May of 2022, well, there was... Monkeypox. That was monkeypox. Monkeypox, exactly. (laughs) Monkeypox outbreak, exactly. But there was also Eurovision... Oh, and... Oh, man. Yeah. There was, uh, you know, Siege of Mariupol um, and school walkouts protesting gun violence. So, you know, so those are, you know, some of (laughs) some examples. Um, I I mean, I do think the Ace of Wands runs very hot. You know, it goes without saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And given the news that we saw, I think that we should be prepared for you know, the possibility of a virus being in the news again, you know, um, it's not what I would have guessed mm-hmm. for Ace of Wands, but apparently that's one of the things it likes to say. So, uh, I mean, I think, you know, the Ace of Wands, Aces in general provide a reservoir of the potential of the suit. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Ace of Wands provided a reservoir of energy that overflowed into the storming of the Capitol. Let us hope that that reservoir of energy expresses itself in a more constructive way uh, in October. Um, given that it's October of an election year, however, you know. Oh, my God. This could get it could be really bad. It could be, it could be explosive. It could be explosive. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know the term October Yeah, especially surprise, after these. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's, that might be a really, really bad October surprise. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Tell us it's going to be easy. Uh, give me a moment. <laughs> Susie said something that triggered a reminder about something that when Mars and Saturn have a conjunction, you usually get the appearance uh-huh. of illness. 
We've had we had an outbreak of Ebola, and of course, the the Mars um, Saturn conjunction in 2020 coincided with the the explosive growth of COVID in February and early March of 2020. And that conjunction Yikes. is taking place in April of this year, but this time in Pisces. Given that when it happened in Aquarius, we got wa- we got airborne illness. This time mm. it's happening in Pisces. It looks a whole lot like waterborne illness. And I mm. I keep reading about how one of the ways that they test for how bad COVID is is that they look at yes. how much viral particles are in the sewage systems of major cities. Mm-hmm. So I'm pointing at my temple and going, huh, I wonder if we're going to see uh, a viral outbreak as a result of waterborne illness starting in, April, was in April of 2024. So I had to back up and go back to part one for a moment because I think I missed that the first time around. Okay, I will maybe... Uh clip that out and put it back in yeah or copy paste it you know so that it's in yeah, so yeah. it's in both places because i remembered it here but it really belongs in the earlier episode but we're also talking about the future which means i'm just getting confused now <laughs> <laughs> where is dr dan street mentioners grammar for the average time traveler yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so, so let's back talk, to October uh, about the sky. Yeah. So October in October, it the chart is for October second, twenty twenty four, at seven twenty two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and this is the same day, but not exactly the same hour as the eclipse. The eclipse is slightly earlier in the day, but it's the same day. Oh, I forgot. We've got an October eclipse also, don't we? We have an October solar eclipse. Now, this one clips mostly across the South Pacific and South America, but it only crosses over Chile and it only directly crosses over Chile and Argentina. Uh, And it, it sort of clips a few of the northern South American nations like Peru and Paraguay and Uruguay and maybe the southern parts of Brazil, but it's mostly partial there. And you I know, think the only place... Argentina could use a regime change. Yeah, I, I'm not in a position to speak about that. I don't know enough about the situation there, so I, I'll refrain. But okay, when you've got an eclipse passing over a country, it usually affects rulers and governments more than it affects ordinary people. Mm-hmm. So... The only part of the United States that it does clip uh, is Hawaii. Mm. And Hawaii has had a very strong sort of native resurgent movement over the last several years. I don't know that that necessarily plays into this particular eclipse, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out over the continuing period. Well, that's really interesting mm-hmm. because political tensions in Maui in particular are boiling over right now because of the, you know, aftermath of the wildfires and the tension between developers and locals is really, you know, reaching a fever pitch. Right. At least part of the land that burned is native owned. Right. And so the the question is are we just simply going to declare everything a disaster? 
area and put all of it on the auction block and let developers redevelop everything? Or are we going to uh, use geometry, literally earth measuring, to measure out the old land parcels and and reassign rights to the people that originally owned the land? Or are we going to pretend that none of those previous land claims existed? Oofta. And this is a case where justice and law and equity really require the reestablishment of the old land parcels and making sure that people get original claim to the land. Now, Hawaii also has a thing in their state constitution that says that water access is guaranteed. Like the beaches are always public property and you always have to provide access to beaches and to waterfront. And it'll be interesting to see how this part of the state gets redesigned so that that happens because that didn't used to be true. I've walked on that that property and I've seen it and I know that access was heavily restricted and now it will have to be open. You know, Oregon also has all public access beaches, which is one of the things that makes Oregon the best state. Yes, yes. Back to the chart. Um, (laughs) Yeah, back to the chart. There is... There's an enormous amount of stuff going on in our cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. We've we've mm-hmm. had the ingress of Pluto into the ninth house into Capricorn, which means owners and administrators of universities, publishing companies are going to have the upper hand over their workers for at least the rest of this year. This time, this struggle between workers and uh, and owners of companies and own and administrators and and owners or managers of organizations is going to continue for several more years. But owners are going to gradually lose the upper hand, and workers are going to gain the upper hand over the rest of this decade. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's exciting. But at the moment. October and onward for the rest of 2024 is going to favor owners, administrators, and boards over the the people that are actually doing the work. Virtually everything in the chart, not everything, but the vast weight of the chart is in Libra at the time of, of the eclipse. We've got the moon, Mercury, sun, all in Libra. Venus is on that side of the chart in Scorpio. So that has a tendency to put a whole lot of pressure on the working class in in industry, in uh, in sales environments. It puts a whole lot of pressure on employees. It's also a south node eclipse. Mm-hmm. So this is a whole lot of workers not getting what they want and a whole lot of strikes winding up in disappointment. There's going to be a lot Mm -hmm. of pressure to solve strikes before the election actually occurs, partly to make the guy who's currently in office look good, and partly to quell fears and alarms before the election actually occurs. But it's also a South Node eclipse, so there's a lot of disappointment, and there's a lot of shutting down of desires and longings and wants. We've also got Mars mm. in Cancer in the third house. So local outbreaks of violence and local challenges to communications and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And we've got Jupiter in Gemini. Now, this looks a whole lot like banks being put on notice 
to control their operations, but it also looks a whole lot like banks being given a free hand privately, right? Because we've got Jupiter in a Mercury-ruled sign, which is usually bad for Jupiter, but it's also Jupiter in the second house uh, providing a slight or gentle expansion to financial institutions. Okay. So this looks a whole lot like banks getting what they want and maybe getting sustained interest rates or lower interest rates, perhaps ahead of the election. Oh, I could I could really, really see that happening. Actually, that's a that's a good one. Quelling fears and doing what they can to prevent alarms and uh, and concerns in the run up to uh, the first Tuesday in November. And and speaking of uh, the first Tuesday in November, let us move on to November. This is probably the uh, prognostication that everybody has been waiting for. Let's find out uh, how how screwed we are. All right, all right. So let us trade on November on our anticipation and our nerves surrounding that election. Every election has felt like. The most important election of our lifetime for like our lifetime now, it seems. Yeah, I'm tired of that. I yeah, would love I to have to an have election like that an doesn't feel that way. Inconsequential election, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I have like was there ever one of those? Um... I'm still waiting for it. I haven't had an inconsequential election in my lifetime that I can remember. How did uh, how did uh, you guys are are older enough? than me by enough years that you might have a better recollection of the Carter Reagan election. How did that one feel? I know you you weren't old enough to vote. Pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know about Susie, but I was I was ten in nineteen eighty. And yeah, uh -huh. I was eleven. And, so And I can I can remember watching at least part of one of the Reagan Carter debates. Uh-huh. And saying to my parents, you should vote for Jimmy Carter. And my parents <laughs> saying, you're 10, you don't understand anything. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and I can remember saying, I may not understand anything, but that Reagan guy is a bad man and you should not vote for him. Oh, well, you don't, you, you were a smart kid. There you go. I, I, I was actually, a smart kid. For my uh, like first grade, I had to do an, to dress up as a famous person and, uh, and, and go talk in front of the school or in front of my class, and I dressed up as Jimmy Carter. <laughs> and my parents made me a paper mache peanut to put my props in. <laughs> if you can imagine that. So that's how I felt about Jimmy Carter. I loved Jimmy Carter. Anyway, he, he so wasn't I drawn president the card. Yet. <laughs> okay, what's, the card? what's the card? Let's let's and see the, the card. card. It's Mr. Peanut. Is the two of cups. Huh. What does that mean? The two That's of cups. Really interesting. Okay, so two of cups. Uh, I'm trying to see if we have ever gotten this before, and. I don't we think did. we have. We did. We did. I, that's one of. Oh God. We did. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no. When? August when? When? Twenty twenty one. In August mm. twenty twenty one, it was the Haiti earthquake. We all put masks back on because COVID surged, uh, and the Taliban went on a charm offensive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. So you know. So I mean, I actually do associate masks with the two of 
cups and the um there's nothing about this that says earthquake in Haiti to me. So I don't know how I could have possibly gotten that from that from this card. I could never have prognosticated that. Anyway, so two of cups mm-hmm. though, you know, it looks as though, I mean the 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 most optimistic way we can say this is that is that there's a possibility of opposites being reconciled and having some respect for one another. I don't know how this is going to happen, but um, it could also be, this is interesting now, this is something I hadn't thought of till this second, is that the winning ticket is a man and a woman, right? Which could happen on either side. I mean, it's going to happen on yeah. the one side, could happen on the other side as well. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that huh. that makes a lot of sense because remember we had we had a Mars uh Venus uh co-presence in Aquarius earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that was just a couple of months back and that would have aligned with that would have aligned with running mates announcing themselves at the at a convention or an, oh, announcing the yeah. choice of of running mates. So that kind of makes sense yeah that was in march. Uh, and that was in yep. that mm-hmm. was that was march because it's mm-hmm. it's in the chart for february of tw- february 29th mm. so it's it's march yeah. leading yeah. into april so um let's i'm gonna just jot that okay. down possible um venus mars co-presence mixed uh, you know mixed ticket um that's interesting so that that would be an interesting outcome of this card that the winning ticket is a, a man and a woman. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I suspect that it's more likely to be something like that than that, you know, the Lord of love takes over and we all, you know, live in peace and harmony uh, for the duration of with co-presidents <laughs> with <co-pres- laughs> or, I mean, you know, it, it used to be uh, back before, uh, the Constitution was amended in like yeah. 1794 or something. That um, the that there wasn't a vice president on the ticket. Right. It was just the runner up became vice president. Right. You so know. You, I mean, you know. which is you know. I mean, I I think with all and, of the um, push for ranked choice va- voting nowadays, I I wouldn't mind if we moved a little bit closer to that model in some ways. I mean, it might be a solve. It would definitely encourage a lot more working together. Between the parties, if 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 Do both you mean of the as executives, to none whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as opposed to none whatsoever, which definitely is not working. It's for not us. working. It's- yeah. Okay, Andrew, give us some give us some sky news. So, the the chart is for November second, twenty twenty four, at twelve thirty seven a.m. and. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I see is that we've still got that Jupiter in Gemini. So one of the things that I would say is that counting the results is probably going to take longer than we expect or want mm. it to. But I I think it's probably the case that uh, that the solution to the, the election is not going to be known on election night. That it's going to take longer than desired. The other thing is that we're coming up on an opposition between Venus and Jupiter, and that's going to happen over the course of of the month of November. So what we love and what we're willing to accept is unlikely to match one another. Mm. On the other hand, I think that the results Uh. of the election are ultimately going to be pretty decisive. The question is not 
whether or not people are happy with it, but whether or not they'll accept it. I, I said, I forget whether we talked about this in the episode uh, on the retrospective, but the 2023 eclipse crossed from the North Pacific Northwest across Texas. And the uh-huh. April 2024 one cuts across the U.S. Northeast and and they form an X in Texas. So Texas yeah, is getting hit by two eclipses, both of which cross over Austin, the capital. And I think we may see some significant shifts in the political climate this year in Texas. Well, if that's true then there's a seismic shift underway in Texas, and it means that one party no longer has a viable route to the White House without a significant policy shift and without a significant platform shift. And that has interesting implications for the country as a whole. Yes. So that, I think, is the thing to watch, is, is what happens to Texas on election night and whether or not the government is willing to accept that significant seismic shift Mm -hmm. okay but but in terms of of the chart saturn is retrograde in the house of in the eighth house mars is in cancer where he's uh where he's in exile so our two malefics are kind of out of the way and and sort of stuffed into the corners Jupiter is in detriment in Gemini. Venus is in is in Sagittarius, and that's not a great placement for her. Mars or not Mars, moon the moon is in Scorpio, which is not a great placement for hers. So we've sort of got a lot of planets that are in bad spots. Awkward awkward places where they're not mm. actually the ones that are making decisions, which is an interesting thing. So what do you think? What do you look what do you look at in the chart when that's the case? I'm looking to the first house, which is Leo the Sun. Okay. And the lot of fortune is in the middle decan of Leo, which is the laurel crown. So that's the five it's the six of of wands, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. That's yeah. a victory card. It's victory. For sure. And it says victory to the people. Hmm. Right? It's saying that the people are actually the ones who are deciding this election more than the planets, which I kind of like. Mm. Like this, mm. that that there's enough contention and there's enough, enough of the planets are in detriment, enough of the forces are sidelined to sort of suggest that people are making up their own minds and making a decision and the person that they're choosing is really the person that they want. Well, are you saying that well, maybe the person who gets the majority of the votes might be the president? I think that that's kind that of what be... the chart is suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we haven't good. we haven't really had an election like that in yeah, in a while other say. than Biden. Like we've had a yeah. lot of elections yeah. where the person who who gets elected has won the largest number of states. Or yeah. the, the largest number of electoral college seats, but hasn't necessarily won the popular vote. And this is kind of suggesting that even though it may be close, even though the results may take a little while to be accepted or, or go unchallenged, that 
that there's going to mm. be a pretty obvious victor and that the victor is the, is the person who's chosen by the people at large. May it be so. Well, yeah. Here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, December might shake things up a little bit. So let's let's see what it says. Let's see if Susie's card is like, oh look, it's the Ten of Swords. <laughs> Everybody's getting stabbed in the back. Da dum, da dum, da dum. I might have a drum roll. Hold on, hold on. I've, I'm sure I've got a drum roll. Uh, nope, just a rim shot. <laughs> That's not the right sound. Oh. It's the again, so many repeats this year. It's the ace of ace of pentacles again. Oh. That's so huh. weird. You know, I mean, we have gotten so many um repeats. So ace of pentacles. That's our yeah, that's our third repeat, isn't it? It is. Um and we got it originally in February. Right. Which, you know, I mean, one way to interpret that is that themes that came up in February will return. Right. I wonder if that means that we have substantially same political situation. Who knows? Anyway, so as I mentioned before, the last time we got it in March of 2023, we had the chat GPT-4 release on the Canada wildfires. Um, but, you know, to see a ace of pentacles, you know, in the final month of the year really has a different feeling from seeing it in the spring. I mean, Ace of Pentacles at the end of the year it looks like people giving presents, honestly, you know. But it does, it does, yeah. and maybe that's good. That's which is a good thing. I mean, I think consumer spending might be what's being called out in this one. Uh, the- and you're going to spend more in mm-hmm. an election year on Christmas if you have confidence in who's been elected in the previous month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it does look like folks may have, you know, a little bit more pocket money to spend, which hmm. would be really hmm. nice. A really nice, um, you know, um, manifestation of the Ace of Pentacles. I, I wonder if we won't see some kind of of return to themes that came up. The last time, I mean, in the previous year when we got Ace of Pentacles, meaning uh, chat GPT, I mean, I wonder if AI will reemerge in the conversation at the end of the year for some reason. I mean, it's there's so many big AI things in the works right now that it's hard to imagine it'll vanish from the news, you know. And we haven't really talked about it in the rest of the forecast, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of speculation right now that um, AI stuff will uh, screw up the election. So maybe something might come out in the news regarding AI Mm -hmm. and how it may have influenced the election. We might be, Mm. this could actually be a bad news card. I mean, they can always, always all be bad news cards. There's always a way for these cards. I have, that's one thing I've learned, you know. um, There's always a way for it to be bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the news is always, you know. Most of the news we see that makes the headlines is bad. So, um, Mm -hmm. but the other thing, you know, um, I wonder something that just popped into my head with the this card of Earth might be geopolitical lines being redrawn in some way, Mm. you know, just because it's a beginning and it's Earth. So I'm just going to throw that out there. 
um, and give myself a chance to be right about it in case it actually happens. Okay. <laughs> Touching on that theme of, of geopolitical lines being wi- redrawn over 2024, one of the things I'm keeping my eye on is I think that the next election for a Taiwanese president is in 2023 or is in January of 2024. So, so? you know, a month Mm. from now. And as always, there is a very pro mainland China uh, presidential candidate and a pro independence candidate. And it'll be very interesting to see which way the island votes uh, and, and what that says for, for the country's political future. And, Mm. you know, Mm. on a national Mm -hmm. front, there's always that complication of, do you call Taiwan a country or not? But that is one of the fault lines that we all should be paying a lot of attention to, because China has made no secret that that one of the things that it, it wants is for Taiwan to be part of mainland China. It would like it to be part of the country as a whole. And part of the reason why they want that is that they want the semiconductor industry. Mm -hmm. But you cannot take Mm. Taiwan through military force if you want to keep the semiconductor industry, because that will be the first thing that winds up getting destroyed as a casualty of war. So a diplomatic solution is much more in the interests of, of the People's Republic and so the question of what happens to the semiconductor industry matters on a global scale. And that has to be played part of the, the game. Okay, so anyhow, December, the final month. Andrew, uh, walk us through the sky. So I, f- I think that one of the big things is that we've got the sun and the moon both in Sagittarius, and it's a new moon. Uh, I'm not sure whether the moon is separated enough for us to see the moon, but chances are that December 1st, 5.57 p.m. indicates that there's a new beginning of sorts. And the moon is in an interesting position. It's in the 21st mansion of the moon, which begins the last quadrant of the sky. And the thing that's interesting for me about this is that the name of this Deccan is The City. And it's associated with that mixture of church and state. It is associated with um, sort of the mechanisms of of social order and social control. Mm-hmm. And it represents defeats. It represents the crushing of an established order. And I think it's interesting that December kind of points to this idea that normal patterns may be breaking. Now, our country has a lot of normal, quote unquote, normal patterns. And for these to appear in December, when people normally have sort of standard expectations about what happens in in December, I mean, I, I mentioned to my wife, December must be the only month of the year where you could play December specific music from December 1st through December 31st and with Mm -hmm. no commercial breaks whatsoever. There's got to be that much music just for December. And so the idea of breaking the usual patterns in December strikes me as an interesting phenomenon in a year like 2024. 
I'm also wondering, you know, you said uh, you mentioned new beginning of sorts and uh, and it is an eight and the ace of pentacles mm. can also indicate Indeed. a sort of new Indeed. beginning. I mean, the ace of the, pentacles. I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, there's it's interesting. It's the two of pentacles specifically, which is right next to the ace of pentacles, uh, does mm-hmm. correlate to that um, winter solstice at the end of December. So you know, mm-hmm. ace of pentacles doesn't have a time. The other thing that I think is really important is that we have a very nearly perfect opposition between Mercury and Jupiter. Mercury is nitty-gritty detail. Jupiter is grand, big picture, grand strategy. And Jupiter is in Gemini, where it's in detriment, and Mercury is in Sagittarius, where they are in detriment. But the interesting thing is that when you have planets that can see one another, and they are uh, in a house where they, where they not only can see one another, but they're in this kind of relationship with one another. They do this cool thing called mutual reception. Right, okay. Where each switches houses and, go and behaves as if they were in their own house. So even though they are in opposition to one another, each of them is is in a position to do what's known as receive the other one. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like Jupiter is in Sagittarius and Mercury is in Gemini where they belong. Right. Okay. So, so we're ending 2024 with Jupiter expanding the possibilities for the working class and Mercury being able to point out a thoughtful and careful and detail-oriented path into 2025. Mm -hmm. So the moon is saying there is an end to the established order in the United States in December. And Jupiter and Mercury are both suggesting that there are new possibilities for the working class, there are new possibilities for 2025 that simply didn't exist before. And along those lines, I note that by December of 2024, Pluto, which has been our indicator for working class versus owners, has gone direct again, and it is back in Aquarius where it favors workers. So overall, I think that even though there's been a lot of contention and maybe this chart feels a little unsteady, it's suggesting that uh, we're looking at not exactly a worker's paradise in 2024, but we're definitely looking at at a world in which expectations around the end-of-year holidays and the start of, of winter and the transition to 2025 looks very, very different than any year we've looked at in the last four years. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a very favorable position. Okay, well that's good. I mean, I, I guess it, I, <laughs> I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been watching the charts and listening to you guys and sort of thinking if there is a way to wrangle out of this a prediction for who would win the election. But um, yeah, there's a lot going on, and it's hard to it's hard to predict that far in the future. I mean, it honestly doesn't sound too horrible well you know what i think what i'm seeing a lot of that i haven't commented on yet is just an abundance of aces and twos right just through the entire year 
which suggests, you That's know, true. as Andrew That's was true. saying, new paradigm, new new paradigm, new yeah. new way of doing things. Um, what it will be, who can say? But um, but I, you know, I I'm not really might be might be a real weird. Be sorry to hit the reset button in this country. To tell the truth, do we have all of the twos? <laughs> Uh, let's see. We had the two I of know. cups. No, we had yeah. I let's see. Two of cups. Two of swords. Um, no. Did we get all of the twos? No, we don't. We didn't get the two of pentacles. No, no two of pentacles and no two of wands this year. Nope. And then we've had, and of course we had the ace of pentacles Three twice and the ace of wands once. So that's where our air and fire. That's where our fire and earth come from. And then we've. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does look like an interesting year. It. I don't know if I have any more psychic predictions at this point. <laughs> I, I haven't. Uh, I have had you guys captive and recording with me now for like five hours. Um, so I think it's probably about time to uh, wrap things up and let you go. I would like to thank both of you so much for continuing to uh take part in this uh, long experiment and um and exercise in in prognostication indeed it's, and we get better every such year a delight. theoretically uh, we hope I, I hope to exceed <laughs> my b minus c plus next year <laughs> <laughs> do you want to look expectations well, we'll... Before we go, do you want to look at the inauguration day chart for 2025? No, no, let's let's do that. Um let's do that later on. Yeah. Let's look at the inauguration day chart. Let's see if we can set a time to do that maybe sometime in October. I yeah. think that would be a really yeah. fun uh experiment then. Like before the election has been decided, but after we've had some time to digest that double six of swords. Maybe I'll do a Divinapalooza sort of legathon like I did the last time. Sort of yeah. legathon. I like that. <laughs> but thank you both so much. This has been an absolute joy. T. Susan Chang and Andrew B. Watt, everybody. You can visit their websites, tsusanchang.com, andrewbwatt.com. Please feel free to uh, send us messages anywhere but Twitter and uh, let us know <laughs> how you felt about the prognostication do you agree do you have different interpretations are your cards different did you perhaps shuffle better than Susie and not get the same cards over and over again so anyhow thank you all very much and also happy new year to all of our uh, delightful listeners and even the non-delightful ones happy new year to you too if they're happy, happy new, new year, year this has been another episode of the Arnomancy podcast thank you for joining me I have been your host Reverend Eric you can find Arnamancy online at arnamancy.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting the Arnamancy Project for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash arnamancy. Vanessa Irena, and I'm really excited to announce my new store, Sword and Size, where I'll be offering magical art, materia, and services beneath Mars and Saturn. You can visit the store at swordandsize.com and be sure to sign up for the email list to receive early access to new releases.